Everybody to your favorite labor podcast work stoppage. Uh, this week we're doing something just slightly different. I guess uh, we'll still do introductions. I'm Lena. I'm Dan. And if you'd like to support us, you can do that at patreon.com slash work stoppage. Uh, but I guess for now we're going to talk about some other stuff. Uh, I mean, for this week we wanted to make sure to keep up on basically what the most important news that's going on is, and that's the genocide being perpetrated by Israel on Palestine. So Israel has continued to bomb schools, hospitals, residences, and other infrastructure while blaming Hamas, which we all know is just an excuse to send Palestinians on a death march. Israel has no real intent on making sure that any of these people that they are marching south from northern Gaza will be able to return just as they have not been able to return to any of their original homes or villages since the beginning of the Nakba, which is an ongoing process. It's still happening even today. Just since October 7th, the number of Palestinians injured as of this morning, Wednesday the 18th, is over 12,000, and the number of dead is around 3,500, 75% of them being women, children, and elderly people. Israel has attempted to lie, as they've done many, many times in the past, saying that Palestinians bombed their own hospital, while at the same time they have consistently changed their story, I guess inconsistently kept their story, or however you want to phrase that, uh, along with at some points even admitting to the bombing of the hospital themselves, which is certainly exactly what happened, is they they bombed that hospital. there's There's no questioning that. On top of that, today, Joe Biden went to Israel and then, you know, I mean, we ought to remember he's a self-proclaimed Zionist, so we can't expect anything really from him, though he did announce a measly $100 million for Palestinians in Gaza and the West Bank. But I think that what we really need to look at when we see things like that is, for comparison, since the creation of Israel, the U.S. has officially, and this is just official numbers, uh, given 158 billion dollars in aid to Israel not adjusted for inflation and 43 billion of that has been since just 2016 these numbers are according to a congressional report that was actually released earlier this year in March i mean the us is one of the main countries that props up israel in order to commit this genocide, this ongoing genocide against the Palestinian people. And then it throws Palestinians a few bucks so they can say, well, at least we did something or some bullshit like that. At the same time, there's going to be a huge campaign that's going to have them expecting that Americans are going to support Joe Biden in an election as some sort of lesser evil, which to me is beyond absurd and and is very blatantly American. it's, It's absolutely disgusting. And, I mean, these bombings and many other acts of genocide have been enacted by Israel, 
And for that reason, we're bringing you this brief update on solidarity with Palestine and or even some, you know, not so great news as well, but mainly focusing on the U.S. labor movement and a little bit of international labor. Uh, And then we're also going to follow up with some resources for people uh, who might not know where they can send financial support to and maybe where some uh, actions are going to be held. Yeah. So, I mean, we talk on this week's regular show about the response from some in the labor movement. You have, you know, mostly what I've seen. UE is by far the most prominent union that's come out and said even the bare minimum on this. They And they, to their credit, have been good on this issue for a long time, which speaks to their, you know, uh, rank and file democratic nature and makeup that they're one of the few unions that's actually endorsed BDS years ago. And so that's been really good. But beyond that, it's largely been uh, like small graduate student worker unions, which is good. Like I don't want to, I don't want to dismiss that. Like that's very good. It, it, and it bodes well because, you know, the, the people who are in those unions today, these like uh, grad student workers are theoretically at least potentially future leaders of the labor movement. And so like, it's good to see that, but I mean, we haven't really seen a lot of that from major unions. I mean, we talked about how SAG-AFTRA and RWDSU came out in solidarity with fucking Israel. No, it was AFT, not SAG-AFTRA. But I do want to talk about SAG-AFTRA because we didn't talk about them on the last episode because this happened after we wrote that, which is that, like, repeatedly the leadership of SAG-AFTRA has been who have been great during the strike and we should still continue to support the strike. Absolutely. I don't want to diminish that in any way. But... It's been fucking terrible on this issue. They canceled picket lines last Friday because of a fake threat from Hamas, which is not real, was never real. Everyone knew it was fake at the time. The only reason to do that is because you are racist. Like, I'm sorry, that is the only reason that that happened because you would not cancel that unless you believed it. And the only way you could believe it is if you are fucking racist, And think that anybody who's uh, like Muslim or Arab or Palestinian is a terrorist. That's the only reason you could have possibly believed there was a threat to fucking sag after picket lines in the United States because of the the horrors being unleashed by Israel. There is no, A, that that threat was never real in the first place. B, there's no connection whatsoever. Literally the only way you could connect those dots in your head is if you're a racist. So I think that that move by sag after was frankly disgusting. Um, But... Despite that, and now that I've got, you know, had a chance to get that out of my system, but that's not the fault of the rank and file, and they are still on strike, and their strike is very important, and it is, continues to be important that we support them. But after the strike is over, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I would hope that there are some serious discussions <laughs> within the union about what the members of the union want their... <laughs> Uh, leadership to be representing as the positions of the union, I, I guess. I mean, it's look, it's up to the membership. It's not up for me to complain about, but like... Yeah, but it's still important to point these things out because honestly, if we're not going to actually, you know, talk about these problems, then, you know, I mean, we obviously we have some people in labor who are willing to stand up, but, you know, shows like us, uh, we, we try to, you know, at least give people a little bit of a nudge a little bit of a push to like actually really fight to hold sol- solidarity. The reason why we push for the rank and file movement, like you said with the UE, they, the reason why they can is because they have that rank and file democracy. And that's what we're fighting for because the solidarity doesn't come unless the people fight back. 
Well, right. And, you know, you see sometimes from people who have, like, what I would consider to be very ultra-left positions, uh, just an, an outright dismissal of labor movements in the West more broadly in the United States specifically, uh, for this idea that, you know, all Western workers are identify with the interests of the empire and all this stuff, which I disagree with, I think is fundamentally wrong, and I think, like, is a bad analysis. But this is the sort of stuff that makes people think that. <laughs> and, like... Uh, that's part like it's it's so it's stuff like that that has to change because like it's not because I know that there's been people who have pointed out and I understand this thought like the pointlessness the 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 somewhat trivial seeming nature of every organization under the sun having to come out and put out a statement on an event that nominally at least they have no involvement with and is around the other side of the world. And I, 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 I understand the frustration with that or, or maybe a, a knee-jerk response to be like, why the fuck are you talking about this? It has nothing to do with you. Why are you inserting yourself? But like, as Americans, we have a unique responsibility here because it's not our fault as Americans that the government does the horrific things that it does. But if we don't stand up against them... <laughs> then we're not doing anything to make it better. And that's really the whole purpose of the labor movement is to, and that's, that's I mean, that's a big part of the philosophy of the show is to push back against the idea that the labor movement is just to make things a little, like a slightly friendlier, more humane capitalism. Like that's not the purpose of the labor movement. And if you think that's the purpose of the labor movement, you should not be in the labor movement or at least nowhere near the leadership. And, and, you know, you can see the difference in that. Like, that is what the administration caucus in the UAW felt that was the purpose of unionism, was to just make things a little bit better while maintaining the status quo. And that it has been horrible for the workers in the UAW. And now we have Sean Fain in there who doesn't believe that and who believes that the purpose of the union is to fight for everything they can fucking get and to, like, change society. Maybe it's not, you know, full-on revolutionary unionism, but it's a completely different viewpoint. And that is the viewpoint we need our leadership of the labor movement to have. And it's incredibly important in these moments because it is our government and our gigantic industrial machinery that are fueling this slaughter in, in Gaza right now. And, and the West Bank. I mean, because most of this is directed at, at Gaza, but a lot of, of horrors have continued to go on in the West Bank too. I, I saw tweets, I, and I don't know that this is true. I haven't verified this, so. But I, I mean, I... So take it with a grain of salt, but I've like five over five hundred Palestinians have been basically disappeared in the West Bank by the IDF, just picked up off the streets and in, and taken away to who knows where. Uh, I mean, presumably the internal in, uh, detention camps that Israel has had for years, where they just lock people up and throw away the key, and they don't even tell you what they're fucking charging you with. Which I think, at least at Guantanamo, they do that. Not that it really makes it any better, but like just to, as a for some perspective on the like almost like cartoonish <laughs> nature of the fascist Zionist regime. But like it, it is like the bombs that fall on Gaza, the weapons that are carried by the IDF, the the bullets that are shot into children in the West Bank are for the most part manufactured in the United States and sold or given to the regime by the United States. And for any parts of that that are produced by the by workers in the United States, we need organizations that will stand up and say, we're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to play a part in supporting drop 
You're not putting bombs on hospitals anymore. And just exactly. All these we, children. We, there's there's no reason to not be fighting back. There's there's no reason to not be putting as much pressure on these arms companies. And I mean, like that is that is something that we as people in labor, we have a, a broad base of people that we can organize to fight to end this absolutely appalling genocidal situation. Yeah. And like, again, I, and this is a subject that it's not just like the horrific images and everything. Like when I talk about like the necessity to, 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 to not participate in this machine, like I speak about this from personal experience. This is, and this is not at all to, as a self-congratulatory thing. I, I used to work at a defense contractor. I worked there for several years and I regret every single year that I spent there. However, when I recognized what was going on, when I moved politically to understand the horrific things that were being done out of the labor that I was contributing, I quit that job. I will never make as much money as I could have made as I stayed there. Again, I don't want or deserve any sympathy for choosing to quit. I say that all just to say that if you are working for one of those companies, you can quit. You can refuse to take part in this. And, even, and if you're unionized, even better. Because you don't even necessarily have to quit. Like, then you can take collective action. But either way, whether you, as an individual or collectively, preferably collectively, like, we don't have to participate in the death machine. There are other things we can do. And it is so important that U.S. workers, that we are not complicit in these horrors. And so... I did want to highlight that there have been some more um, unions that have come uh, and, and spoken out on this and also some more like um, recommendations and stuff from people in Palestine on what to do. And so like I've seen, you know, for instance, like on this Monday, October 16th, um, the student workers of Columbia, uh, friends of the show who, you know, we were very excited to have on the show as well, one of our earlier guests. Uh, they issued a, a statement in solidarity with Palestine. Uh, the workers condemned a recent interview with a Columbia administrator on New York City radio station WKCR, where the administrator said they hope all supporters of Palestine die. Which, like, I've seen some statements from people that are disgusting, you know, in the past couple of weeks, but that, like, and, and, that's not the worst one, but it is uh, incredible to hear from a college administrator and not like, I don't know, some fucking uh, military veteran or something. Well, and but even like, then, that's, that's an administrator who is speaking against like their students as well, because there are definitely people, and as we're going to see, people who don't support Israel— who instead yeah. who 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 support Palestine and the Palestinians, and like and so you know the the workers con, uh, at Columbia condemned this I mean call for violence really um, from this administrator and reaffirmed calls that the students have made for decades at Columbia for the university to divest from Israel and stop supporting apartheid. I would also just this situation encapsulates so much about the about the climate in this country surrounding this issue. Like, there is 
I don't know if there's any other issue that has such an asymmetry of, of, of the sides and the way they are treated in this country. Like, again, you have students who all they did was sign on a letter saying we should call for a ceasefire, saying like we should, which like a ceasefire, and this is not a criticism of the people who are signing on to that demand. I appreciate that. But just as a matter of perspective, I think we should understand that a ceasefire implies there are two sides fighting. There are not. There is one side that is dropping bombs on defenseless people. That, that like, so, like, call, continue to call for a ceasefire. That's good. Like, that's fine. I just think we should, like, for some perspective on the situation, it's not, it's not two sides in trenches pointing at each other. It's, that's not what the situation is. And, and, yeah, when it's called a war, it's, that's yeah. an obfuscation of what's actually happening. When it's called a genocide, that is actually what is happening. And and that's why, you know, I really do appreciate, like, the work that people like Norman Finkelstein has been doing, going on to a lot of media lately, like, putting things in important perspective, because, you know, he, he had the rejoinder, which I think is probably the best one that I've heard, you know, to the stupid horseshit line, Israel has a right to defend itself, and his line was, do, con- do concentration camp guards have a right to defend themselves? And because, of course, the answer to that is no. And that's, what else can you call the idea? They put two million people in a concentration camp and they set that camp on fire. And the U.S. is helping them do it and lying to you about it every single day. Yeah. Like, it, it, the, so, but any, I mean, anyway, so just shout out to the workers at Columbia. And that's the other thing, because, you know, I'll see people who will also sometimes belittle these statements as like, oh, they don't do anything. Okay. I, I, I certainly endorse material action I saw today. I, I think it was um, Jewish Voice for Peace uh, was occupying like a, a building on, on Capitol Hill in D.C. to protest this. That's fantastic. That sort of stuff needs to continue and huge support for the people continuing to do that. Even some orgs that have put out kind of lukewarm statements at the beginning of this conflict in air quotes – like if not now, who put out some pretty wishy-washy language in the first days of the war, or again, war in quotes, would, had a really big protest like at the White House the other day. So that all that needs to continue. That's all fantastic. The more people that are in the streets, the better. And I know that we've seen protests and we've seen protests. And I think a lot of people, especially after 2020, may perhaps question the utility, but like a huge part of maintaining this system of of unaccountable slaughter is doing just enough to convince just enough people that it isn't happening and the and to convince people that most folks in society either stand with the zionists or don't care and when we you know flood the streets with tens of thousands of people even you know I'm again not at all ever expecting anything good, moral, or just from our politicians. But it makes that smoke screen that they try and build to defend all this that much harder to protect and that much harder to maintain. And I know that, like, this isn't any necessarily any, like, comfort to people in this moment. But, I mean, I will say there has been a genuine qualitative market shift in this country since I was a kid. Uh, yeah. Cause even just 20 years ago, like 
there was none of the, 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 the sort of pushback that you get today. There was not, I mean, there were people out there, not none. There were people out there who knew. There were people out there who were doing the right thing, but there were not that many. And, and they, those like brave and heroic people who were already out there doing that did not have the numbers and they did not have the media platform. They did not have the way to get this stuff out. And it is different today and that's good and that's important and we need to really accelerate that yeah and i think that uh, just to that point it's really important to to actually continue to fight because though you know it may seem kind of uh difficult to see how this is going to make uh, material change in the short term and we actually don't know what material change is going to happen in the short term it is important that we continue this fight to continue to organize people because when you're getting that message out there you're maybe informing someone who didn't understand this before someone who will be part of the movement who will make this movement stronger because we are weak the, the left is weak we've been we've been you know decimated for for quite a long time but we are on the rise well and and that's you know also why it's so important that labor get this right even if as a whole, it isn't getting it right in this moment, that we get more and more people on the right side of things here. And also, it's the sort of thing where, like, this can't be a side issue like it has been for so many people. Like, this needs to be, this is, this should be a fucking litmus test. Like, if you want to be the head of a national union, I don't want to hear you out there supporting fucking genocide. And if you yeah. are, you should be voted out, preferably ejected from the union, but at least out of office. Like, but, um, yeah, the other thing, like to 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 kind of what Lena's point was, but also going to the you know the propaganda bubble. This is also why it's important to talk to people. Like, as in, that's something anybody can do as an individual is talk to people about it. And I know that it's not necessarily a fun thing to talk about, and it's the sort of thing that ruffles people's feathers having to you know take a side on something. And and I'm not saying you need to go be aggro to everybody and alienate every person you know, but like. At this point, like, one of the things that we can do as individuals is do what we can to talk to the people in our lives and make sure they're not buying into this shit. Because if we don't, then the only thing people are seeing is the mainstream media, is the corporate media, is the Nazi propagandists in these fucking companies who would all be working for fucking Joseph Goebbels if this was 1944, all of whom should face Nuremberg-style trials for their lies about the bombing of that fucking children's hospital. Every single one of those people should face the exact same charges that the Nazi propagandists did when they were lying about the concentration camps. Every single one of them. But those are the people that are on the air. And those are the people that a lot of people hear. And so, like, we as individuals, I mean, again, ev everything is more powerful collectively. But that's something that even as individuals that we can do is talk to people and dispel a lot of these ideas. But... Um, but more, like, I mean, getting back, I think importantly to what we can do collectively in, in a material way to actually try and make a difference in this situation. Uh, I just go to what the Palestinian people themselves have asked for because on Mon also on Monday, the, uh, a collection of trade unions within Palestine issued a call for material actions by workers around the world to help stop the slaughter in Gaza. They have asked for workers and trade unions around the world to refuse to build weapons destined for Israel, refuse to transport weapons destined for Israel, to take actions against any company which is actively and materially supporting the Israeli occupation, 
and to pressure all Western governments to end their complicity and end all aid to the Zionist regime. And those are things every union in this country can take part in. Maybe not all four, because most unions don't build weapons, thankfully, and most unions don't transport weapons. But, like, we can simply refuse to do those things. There, There is nothing required. I mean, it's not without risk, but it's not the same risk that the people in Gaza are facing. Like, you know... Uh, and that's, I mean, it's, it's a reason to talk to your coworkers about this as well. You know, when you're, especially if you're in a union, to start organizing. If you're discouraged by, you know, maybe the position of the leadership of your union or something like that that's this is a great way to start that conversation yeah and and i mean these aren't just you know calls for nothing like there have been some unions that have have, have already agreed to answer the call like uh today uh when we're recording this wednesday october 18th uh, the rmt the 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 rail workers union in the uk announced that they voted to adopt that platform issued by the workers of Palestine. They endorse all actions in solidarity with Palestine and that any workers on freight rail service uh, oppose the delivery of any weapons to Israel on UK freight rail. So that that's great. I know we've seen for years, um, like uh, the USB, the Union uh, Syndicale, which I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. I apologize to Italian listeners, like Union Syndicale de Base, or de Base, I guess, uh, in... in um, in Italy for years have protested weapon shipments to Israel and blocked, um, you know, loading and unloading of, of, of Zionist ships. And that's great. Fantastic. And I know that, um, in a pre one of the many previous horrific, uh, sieges of Gaza by, by the Zionists. Um, I think back in 2016, um, might've been in 2018. <laughs> There've been so many. I don't remember. ILWU dock workers, on the West coast here refused to load, uh, Israeli ships with weapons. And that was great. They were forced to go to other ports. Now, obviously you want to keep them out of all the, all of the ports, but like, these are actions that make a difference. Like, and I know sometimes they might think that they don't, but like while the primary, like for instance, in South Africa, the primary actors, the prime mover for ending apartheid was the South African people. Of course, they're the ones who fought and died for decades to overthrow the apartheid regime. But in, towards the end there, a part was played by global labor. And global labor can play that part again. In the 80s, I mentioned this on our previous episode, in the 80s, dock workers refused to load ships going to South Africa in protests of the apartheid government. That should be the bare minimum for labor. Because, like... We can see everything that's going on. That's one of the big differences today is that, like, you don't have to wait 10 years to find out all of the horrors that are going on because they did it. They were able to hide them or conceal them or keep press out of the area. We, we know what's going on. There's nothing to wait for. Like, there is no worse than this. It just quantitatively piles up more and more and more. Like, so, like, there's, there's, there's really no point of no return really beyond which to wait for at this point. Uh, I I think that these are, are, this is a platform that could be adopted by every labor union. I encourage any listeners in a labor union to talk with your fellow members about these sorts of things. Uh, So like 
And, and again, the, the last demand that they have, pressuring all Western governments, that can be done by just like taking part in a protest, even if you know, you're know you not in any way related to the weapons industry, which if so, great, good. That's already a good start. But like we, there, every union can do something, <laughs> even if it's just attending a protest, even if it's putting pressure on your, even if it's just within your union, putting pressure on your, your, your leadership, if they are uh, you know, backing the, the Democrats... Zionist uh, response to this, there's something that we can do. And so like, and we'll get at, back to that in a, I guess in a little bit, we talk about like national stuff, but I, there's one other thing I saw in news relating to this uh, today that I did want to talk about, which is we did talk in the regular episode this week that Starbucks Workers United was one of the bigger of the unions, again, largely unions made up of young people that came out in solidarity with the people of Palestine and Starbucks, of course, unsurprisingly attacked them for it. I mean, of course they did, but that's actually since escalated. Uh, they, they've now said, uh, well on Tuesday, October 17th, the intercept released an internal memo from Starbucks announcing their intent to sue the union Starbucks workers United over their solidarity messages with Palestine. They basically are trying to sue them for copyright infringement because they're claiming that because the union used the word Starbucks in their name and then made posts in solidarity with Palestine, that therefore customers will be confused and might accidentally think that Starbucks did something good instead of being huge pieces of shit. And therefore they want to sue them for that. And like, because they're, they're claiming the union is creating confusion. And so it's not so much about the lawsuit itself, because if you just recent listen to our recent episodes, we know this is a frivolous case. The, the medieval times suit was exactly this and was just thrown out. And if anything, the medieval times union's logo looks more like the medieval times logo than the Starbucks workers United logo does look like the Starbucks logo. So if the medieval times case was frivolous and got thrown out, this one will too, if they ever actually file it. But and the reason I phrase it that way is because I don't actually, I mean, I, I don't think the lawyers actually intend to run that case through this whole, the whole point of that is to demonize the workforce and to try and use their cleaving to the Zionist position, which they clearly think to be the mainstream to try and demonize their workforce. What I, I mean, I, I don't know. I frankly don't think that will work. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't either. But I also like, and look, I know the union hasn't called for a boycott of Starbucks, but I, I don't know, at least for me, I don't drink coffee. So this is certainly, certainly an easy decision for me to make, but I'm never going to buy anything from Starbucks ever again after this, that you're going to, you're going to sue your union because they said solidarity with, with Palestine. Like, fuck you. Yeah, it's absurd. And I mean, clearly this is just, I mean, uh, more of a, a threat to the workers that is in intended to intimidate and and these sorts of intimidation tactics are being used all over i mean with the in germany and the uk where they've tried to make it illegal to even have a palestinian flag those are larger actions from bodies of government that are trying to do the same thing that starbucks is doing to the workers here yeah and and to be clear like i'm not being like that everyone has to boycott starbucks now um Ultimately, our response to this should be to continue to increase our support materially for the Starbucks workers in their continued struggle against the horseshit uh, assholes who are in charge at, uh, at Starbucks. 
Because again, all this is happening because the workers took a principled stance when very few other people would. So if anything, I mean, even though this only increases my loathing for Starbucks as a company, it should increase our solidarity with the workers of Starbucks Workers United proportionally. Yeah, that's right. But so that was, I mean, that's like most of the labor stuff that I've seen. Admittedly, I haven't been following that side of things quite as closely as usual because I've been a lot more um, focused on the actual news of what's going on in occupied Palestine. But um, one of the other things that we did want to talk about was uh, the fact that, you know, whether your union is good on this or not, there is a protest movement just nationally that has developed somewhat. There's this been spontaneous protests all over the place, but also, you know, my party, the PSL and the answer coalition working with groups like the people's forum, the Palestinian youth movement, Al-Auda, uh, the American Muslim Alliance, and so many other good organizations have been organizing protests in cities around the country. Uh, some of which, I mean, I was, I guess, a bit optimistic that we would see a good turnout at some of these, but they've blown me away at some of them, which is one of the only heartening things to come out of this moment. I, and I will, I mean, even outside the U.S., I don't know if any of our, anyone's seen the pictures that came out of Athens uh, recently. That's the biggest protest I've ever seen, <laughs> um, maybe in, in, in Europe, uh, which that's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, w- I actually really want to take this moment to really encourage people to look into these organizations and see in which ways you can materially support them, whether it's showing up and being, you know, someone there in the protest or providing funding for them, or even in many cases, being able to, to join some of these organizations to be a multiplying factor in their ability to organize, because these organizations are there to you know, fight back against this. Well, right. And and that's another thing. Cause you know, I know again, after 2020, there are some people who may be jaded about the idea of mass protest, but I do, even if you are, I just want to point out that a huge part of what these protests are for is not even influencing, you know, those in power. It's to show people that there are organizations willing to fight this, but we need people to join them. Like we can't just have people show up, you know, every once in a while. Like uh, if we want to make real change, like Leninist style change, we need organizations and they need to be big and they need to have a lot of dedicated people in them. Uh, and I don't not be trying to use this as a recruiting pitch for the party. Join the Palestine, any of these, any of these, like any of these organizations who do gr- fantastic work around this. Uh, need people, need supporters, need money, need material assistance. And I would encourage people to join, as you were saying, Lena, exactly. Like, um, there are groups in your city working on this. There are. (laughs) Um, and, and, and all of us can play a part there. And so like, there have been big protests all over the country. I know like, uh, there's going to be one here in Providence this weekend, there was a big one on Monday in Boston. There have been multiple huge protests in D.C. and New York City and L.A. and Chicago and just about every uh, city I can think of. Um, and so I encourage folks to go to those individual ones in your city. But there's also, especially if you're on the East Coast, if you're somewhere in the, the mid-Atlantic megalopolis um, in the broader Northeast uh, there is going to be a national march on Washington about this issue to demand, you know, 
the an end to U.S. support for colonialism in occupied Palestine, for its support of ethnic cleansing that is currently ongoing, and the support for genocide. So uh, that's going to be on Saturday, November 4th, a little over two weeks from now. I know that you say November, and I think people see that, and they're like, why is it so long from now? That's two weeks from now. It's not Yeah, <laughs> November far, so. is coming. You, it, It's uh. giving you enough time to, to plan your road trip. Yeah, and so that's going to be at noon uh, at the White House, uh, Saturday, November 4th. Again, tons of big national organizations involved with that. Like I said, Palestinian Youth Movement, Al-Auda, um, the U.S. Campaign for Palestinian Rights. Uh, I'm sure there will be you know, folks from groups like uh, Jewish Voice for Peace and all sorts of other folks who have been doing really good, important work on this there. And again, I think you know, if anybody is, is in that Northeast region and, and has a chance, especially you know, with a group of either from your union or from any political group, that you're in, uh, I, I would definitely recommend. I we I might be going there, um, so we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, I mean it's the other, th- and then yeah. So I I just I encourage folks. I'm not saying everyone has to come to this national march in Washington, but find other folks in your community who are as equally fucked up by this and want to do something and uh, make your voice heard um, because. This is one of those moments where a lot of people look back, you know, you look back on historical moments and, and I know even this framing is somewhat cliche at this point, but like you look back and, and you're just like, I would have said something. I would have stood up. I wouldn't have just been one of those people sitting on the sidelines, letting things happen. This is one of those moments. Like th- this is the concentration camp exists. It's called the Gaza Strip. It is being bombed endlessly even after the slaughter at the hospital yesterday they have bombed a mosque and a bakery and several residential towers in south gaza the area they told people to evacuate to there is no the the whole point of this is just to kill as many people as possible they have turned gaza into a death camp so like there isn't like a well wait this one's not bad enough yet (laughs) like this is one of those moments and even if it's and, and and even if all you can do is go to a protest that's something and it's better than sitting around and doing nothing while this happens yeah there's protests happening and as dan said basically every major city even in some smaller cities and if for some reason maybe you're really isolated out in the middle of nowhere there's there's also place there's also places that you can send funds to if you're you know don't have the ability to transport yourself or anything like that there's the um there's Anera, which is uh, support.anera.org um, slash a slash Palestine dash emergency. Uh, and we're going to include a bunch of these links in the show notes mm-hmm. as well. There's the Palestinian, the Palestinian Children's Relief Fund, which you can send money to. Uh, there's the Middle East Children's Alliance, which you can send funds to. And even Doctors Without Borders uh, in there, they have a, a section on what they do in Palestine. And uh, they could use your support as well. And yeah, so, I, I mean, I think all of those organizations, the way that you know that they're effective is I believe every single one of them has had its members bombed by Israel in the last week. So, I mean, I, I know that's a morbid way to put it, but like, I, I know that there is some reluctance sometimes with people to donate to charities because they're just like, I don't know if this is real. These people 
all do incredibly vital work, and a lot of them put their lives on the line, some of whom have lost them in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, mean, I personally, I've donated to Anera. I'll probably also donate to at least PCRF and a couple others. But yeah, anyways, like these are all really good organizations. I definitely encourage anybody to contribute to them. We're contributing to them. So it, I, it's hard to necessarily say, do one thing to make this difference. But it's just, there's 330 million people in this country. This country is uniquely responsible for what's going on right now. And so we got to do something. Every bit that any one of us can do adds up, I guess, you know, yeah. the, the old quantitative change turns into qualitative change sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so with that, we just want to say free Palestine. That's right. Israel is an illegitimate settler colonial state and should not exist. Yeah, Israel does not have a right to exist. And anybody who tells you that that's a bad thing to say is full of shit. Long live Palestine. No matter what they do, Palestinians will continue to exist and Palestinians will continue to fight to return to the homes that were stolen from them. They cannot eradicate Palestine no matter how hard they try in the same way that the Nazis could not eradicate the Jewish people who heroically fought back in times like the, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. And we're now seeing you know, anti-Zionist Jewish folks around the world bravely standing up, even some in Israel, and being viciously attacked for it. And in the same way, like whenever, whatever guys fascism reemerges in, it always tries to do these, you know, totally eradicate a group of people so it can steal their like land and resources. And it didn't succeed before. And as horrific as things are going on now, it won't succeed now, but it's still, but that's also why it's vital that we do everything that we can. Well, it didn't fail before on its own. It failed because people resisted. Exactly. That's that's right. No, and that's, yeah, that's really the thing. It's like, it had to be defeated. And clearly, I mean, we can see today, it wasn't entirely. It was beaten back and then reabsorbed into the West, as we see now, you know, that I, I like the picture of Biden embracing Netanyahu today, I just couldn't stop thinking of pictures of like Hitler shaking hands with Mussolini. I'm like, this is like the same fucking thing. That's... You can cut that. I'm just rambling. No, no. Point. I mean, and, and and you're not wrong. But we we could go. We could keep going on and on about this. But we're just gonna, uh, you know, end this here. And uh, again, you know, free Palestine. Mm-hmm. As always, labor peace is not in our interest, and solidarity forever. Solidarity forever, everybody. You know, Hamas. If you look at the history, you'll find out that Hamas was encouraged and really started by Israel because they wanted Hamas to counteract Yasser Arafat. Then we have election, then Hamas becomes dominant, so we have to kill him. You know, it, it just doesn't Revolution. make sense. Revolution, free the oppressed, and put the real criminals under arrest. From the north to the south, south east to the west, put your fist up, time for protest. Free Palestine from the Zionist blitz. No war, it's a massacre, they murdering kids. Superpowers talk shit with their hands in their pockets. While Israel keep dropping prosperous rockets. But genocide, Hamas. 
lost, they beat the blame Cause they fight for the freedom of their people and domain All we see is terrorism, an excuse for the slain So I say, motherfuck what your TV proclaim Over a thousand murders, civilians But all that you hear is that they murder some militants Obama don't speak, give their guns to billions We know that your cats don't support the Palestinians Come on now, everybody make a difference This ain't a military war, they kill infants No benevolence, no defense Free Palestine from what the world commends Come on now, everybody make a difference This ain't a military war, they kill infants No benevolence, no defense Free Palestine from what the world commends Middle East rise up, we need to rebel Our own queen is being killed by the infidel Living life in a cage, the war like a cell And you question the rage, hate for Israel Let's take it back to a well-known fact When you encourage Hamas to rise against Arafat Radicalize a group to attack And now you wanna wipe out a group that you back Why don't you speak about that on the news And the people can decide which side they wanna choose But the media's control and they mold all your views And they won't accuse the Jews of human rights abuse In 48 they made a false nation The plantation began evacuation For Palestine we have an obligation To do what we can to end the occupation Come on now everybody make a difference This ain't a military war they kill infants No benevolence, no defense Free Palestine from what the world commends Come on now, everybody make a difference This ain't a military war, they kill infants No benevolence, no defense Free Palestine from what the world commends Gaza, a city under siege from Israeli forces In Gaza, over one million Palestinians live under the gun And most of the guns are Israeli The danger we were in didn't come from the Palestinians Come on now, everybody make a difference This ain't a military war, they kill infants No benevolence, no defense Free Palestine from what the world commends Come on now, everybody make a difference This ain't a military war, they kill infants No benevolence, no defense Free Palestine from what the world commends The weapons being used to uh, kill so many Palestinians are American weapons.